This is the Purpose Church Podcast. We exist to help every person live on purpose. It is our prayer that this message helps you experience God in a brand new way. I get to share with you for part two of a, a three-week series called Closer. So last week, Pastor Lena shared about reverence, prayer, and scripture reading. And today I get to share with you about fasting and meditation. And then next week, we're going to talk about a few more things. And the things that we're talking about are spiritual disciplines. And really, these are ways that we can grow closer to Jesus. The ways that we can grow closer to him. Because we've all been there. We've all been in a place where we've been distant or maybe drifting, maybe feeling disconnected from God. Maybe we feel that we're moving away from him instead of moving toward him. We can get distracted by lots and lots of different things that fight for our attention. But we wanted to, at the beginning of a new year, share with you some ways that you can return to God. Maybe turn back to him. Maybe come to him for the first time. But some ways that God has given us to be closer to him. And so one of the ways that we build into the, the life and the calendar even of our church, ways that we can be closer to him, one of those ways is through 21 days of prayer and then 21 days of prayer and fasting. We do this twice a year where we take 21 days with a prayer emphasis. In August, it's 21 days of prayer and shout it if you know, feasting. And then in January, it's 21 days of prayer and fasting. A little less enthusiasm on that side of it for obvious reasons. But this has been an amazing way for us to just get back on track with some disciplines, with some routines, with some habits, uh, in community even. And so we've really loved this time of 21 days of prayer. And and this is an opportunity for you to make a choice, which we're going to talk about today, to make a choice to connect, to strengthen your spiritual muscles, and to draw closer to God. And our hope and our prayer for you is that as you do this, as you participate in it, that that very thing happens for you. Because drawing close to God takes a few things, really, but three things came to mind, uh, maybe more immediately. The one thing is that it takes a firm decision. It takes a firm decision to draw close to God because we have, there are some decisions in our life that are firm and there are some that are soft. Where we go for lunch, that's a soft decision. What kind of car we're going to drive is a soft decision. Decisions made at the altar on your wedding day, not a soft decision. That's a firm decision. That's a decision that you have to make and come hell or high water, this is the decision that, we've, that we're making. Drawing close to God in the same way has to be a hard decision in our lives. It's not like um, if it feels good, if I feel inspired, if I feel motivated, if all the things are lining up right, then yes, I will. It takes a firm decision to say, come hell or high water, I am drawing close to God. This is going to be what I'm going to do to draw close to God in 2024. Hard decision. A hard decision. And I know your mama told you that you are stubborn. Anybody at this moment tell them that? Well, I think we need to use that stubbornness in our, to our advantage. To say with a, a spiritual stubbornness, I am going to draw close to God. This is going to be a firm decision. I'm not going to waver off of this come hell or high water. These are going to be the spiritual disciplines that I'm living my life by in 2024. And then it takes spiritual discipline, which we're going to unpack today. I know the word discipline, it's like, ugh. We don't love that word, but it does take spiritual discipline. And really, discipline is, is what carries you once passion has faded, 
when there's no more inspiration, when nobody's cheerleading you on the sidelines, when the, when the motivation or the hype or the excitement has faded, it's these disciplines you've built into your life, the guardrails in which you live your life, that keep you drawing close to God. And then it's going to take godly community. And in the Lone Star State, the, the land of, that, that shouts and celebrates independence, we actually need dependence on one another in godly community. We need people to say, hey, this, this is what I'm seeing in your life. Somebody who can be truthful with you, people who can be honest with you. Because if you have a, a community without honesty, really you just have company. And we're not looking for company. We need community. We need people who, who see us for what's really going on, who can encourage us, people we can say, hey, I'm just like, I'm struggling with these things. And then they will be like, me too. Let's do this together. We know the way that we should go. Let's do this together. People to encourage you. People to encourage you. I have never, not one time, and I know that was a double negative, but I take a license as a former English teacher to break the rule. So I have never, not once met somebody who was like, you know, I'm fully encouraged. I don't actually need any more encouragement. My, my encouragement cup is full. I need none more. I've never met that person. We all need encouragement. We all need people to say, hey, this is what I see in you. You're doing awesome. You've got this. You're going to make it through. The devil's not going to take you out. It's not going to fall apart. You're not going to get divorced. You're not going to whatever to that child. You're going to make it through. So will your child. So we're just like, you're going to make it through. You're going to make it through. We need people to let us know we're going to make it through. We all need encouragement. And that's part of what we get in community. Godly community is encouragement. So we talk about discipline. It doesn't feel great. Honestly, like, it may be, like, PTSD-related. When I hear the word discipline, I just, my, my brain goes back to having to run laps on the soccer team. Running, 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 running. I think I ran so much, I don't ever want to run again. I will never let somebody else in my life tell me how much and how far to run because I think I had enough of it. So when I think of discipline, that's kind of like what comes up in me. Maybe there's something that comes up in you with a parent or a grandparent or coach or something like that. It's not usually a, a positively associated word in our emotions. And the Bible would agree with you in that. You are affirmed in that. Hebrews 12, 11 says it this way. No discipline is enjoyable while, while it is happening. And all God's people can say, amen. It's not enjoyable while it is happening. But we don't do it for what it is in that moment. It says it's painful, but afterward, that's what we are doing. We're sowing seeds to reap a harvest later. So discipline is sowing seeds for the future version of yourself that you want. So there's discipline. And then afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living. A peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. And we're going to unpack what this way is. This way are, are the spiritual disciplines we're talking about, trained in this way. And I want to talk about the word trained. Is that as, as, as Christians, as Christ followers, we're learning to walk in the way that Jesus walked. And we're not going to get it right automatically. We have to train ourselves. And we live in a world that often says, try harder, try harder, try harder, try harder. And I'm going to be honest, that just does not work. You cannot just try harder. We have to train. We have to be trained in it, and training is like discipline. We were at the grocery store the other day, and I was blessed to have all three of my kids with me at the grocery store, which is a whole experience. It's a whole experience. And, and one kid kind of ran, ran off and got in between somebody else shopping and the, and the milk thing. And I looked at the guy, and I was like snatching the child back. I was like, I'm so sorry. We're in puppy training. 
like puppy training. <laughs> so we get it with like puppies and dogs, like puppy training and, and our kids. But for us, spiritually, we have to go through training. We have to be trained in it. We have to be trained to know the way that we are walking. I love this quote from Pastor Landon last week. He said, Christianity without spiritual discipline isn't Christianity, but it's entertainment and emotional help wearing a godlike mask. And a lot of us, we culturally, not you, culturally, we like the essence of Christianity and church a lot of times without doing the hard things and living the way that Christ has called us to live. We often love the ideas of Jesus without loving the ways of Jesus. But they, they go together, loving the ways of Jesus and loving Jesus at the same time. So training equals discipleship. Learning to walk the path that God has provided for us by employing the spiritual disciplines he's given to us as a gift. We don't always see it that way, but that's what it is. So spiritual disciplines, look at this next slide. Spiritual disciplines are pathways to drawing close to God. These are pathways, and I think of maybe a map. I love to go hiking, and I like to see the map and all the different trails and things that you can take. And there is a way that God has, has designed and created for us. There is a pathway he's given us, and if we walk that pathway, we will walk with him, we will be close to him, we will know him. And those pathways, that specific route on the map is created through spiritual disciplines. The things that Pastor Lena shared last week, scripture reading being in God's word, reverence for who God is, and prayer. These, are, these are, are disciplines that God has given us. So we know and live by this concept of pathways and closer in a lot of our relationships. If you are, on, um, if you are in a season of singleness and you are looking to be in a season of mingleness, and you are looking to get to know somebody on a romantic level, you want to get closer to this person, we all understand culturally how to do that. Y'all can shout it out. We're going to be a little interactive today. No class clowns allowed, though. Serious answers only. I know some of y'all are like, this is my moment to shine. It's not. Just real answers only. <laughs> so if you're looking to get to know somebody, not necessarily just in a single ready-to-mingle kind of way, but maybe even in a friendship, in a relationship, uh, you're getting to know somebody and you want to get to know them, you want to get closer, what are some things that you would do? You're going to ask questions. You're gonna, somebody said it, I heard it. Go out to eat, my favorite thing. I was like, let's go. You're going to go out to eat, and what are you going to do when you're going out to eat? You're going to talk, right? You're going to share. You're going to ask questions. You're going to spend time together. Guys, you weren't sure if you should say money or time. I get it. <laughs> Both. So we understand what this looks like in our friendships and our relationships. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some money. You're going to spend time talking. You're going to get to know each other. You're going to ask questions. You're going to, you're going to draw closer. If you want to get closer to your health goals, we understand what the pathway for that looks like. There is a pathway to grow closer to your actual fitness goals, health goals, wellness goals, whatever word makes you happy. And we understand what that looks like. What would some of those things be? Eating right, exercise, drinking water. That's true too, dedication. So we understand a pathway to our physical wellness, there are certain things that we do. There is a pathway in our relationships, there are certain things that we do. And it's not, my, my heart today is to demystify growing closer to God through spiritual disciplines. There is a pathway, there are certain things that we can do. The things that Pastor Lena shared last week, and then the things that we're going to talk about this week also. And I will say this, it's not always easy. 
but it is always worth it. It's not always easy, but it's always worth it. It's the, it's the training aspect. And, and it reminded me of this verse, and I wanted to share it with you. It's in Matthew 7, 13 and 14. It says, enter by the narrow gate. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. That's a party place. So for all my party people, we're like, but that looks more fun. That's the, it's the easy street. It's crowded. It's not hard. And there are a lot of people on it. And that can be confusing sometimes, honestly. When you see a, a way that people are living and everybody's kind of living that way, it starts to convince us that maybe that's actually the right way. But look at what the next part of this verse. It says, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard. That leads to life. And those who find it are few. So there's a, a, a wide path that's easier. And then there's a more narrow path that's harder. And that's the training aspect. And so I think a lot of times we aim culturally as a church, not just specifically us. This is not a dig on us or anything like that. But just as a church, we, we love God so much and we want people to know him so much that it's always like a really positive message about how to follow Jesus. And I'm here for that. But I think that there also is that, that other side of the coin that's like, but it takes training. And it's not always easy. And that road is not always packed with people. And sometimes you're the only one. Students, I want to tell you, sometimes you are the only one at your school who's not sleeping around. Sometimes you are the only one who is still a virgin in your group of friends. Sometimes you are the only one who's never gotten drunk or who's drinking or smoking or anything. Sometimes you are the only one because that path is narrow and few take it and it is hard. And one thing we try to convey to our kids too is like that doesn't actually really change once you're a grown up. Spoiler alert. It just changes. It just looks differently. It's, it's, there, are, there are other things that you're like, am I the only one? Are we the only ones? Why is everybody? Like, it just doesn't change. Sometimes it just looks a little differently. But it's a, a narrow gate. And it says the way is hard, but it leads to life. It leads to life. So it is worth it. So, so there are some ways that as a church we've created, not we've created, we, we use some ways as a church to help you walk the path that Jesus has for you. We're starting small groups soon. And that's really the second thing that I think is really special about our church. I'd say our dream team and small groups. In our small groups, we have, we have a group called Rooted. How many of you have been to a Rooted group? You've been to a rooted group? It was kind of like, eh. it's a. We've actually only been running it a few semesters, but if you've not taken a rooted group, I would encourage you this semester, take a rooted group. Take a rooted group because it's, it's learning what are these spiritual disciplines. What does it mean to live a Christian life? What does that look like? So, yes, I said yes to Jesus. Maybe you've been baptized. You're coming to church, maybe serving on the dream team, maybe some or all of those things. But what does it look like to live it out day by day by day? The rooted group will help you with that. The Rooted group will definitely help you. And maybe there's a freedom group that you can take. We have different things uh, offered to you to help you learn how to walk the way that Jesus had for you in that. And really what some uh, theological thinkers, I don't know what you want to call them, are talking about in, in the, when we look at data from the young adults maybe who are deconstructing, who are raised in church, uh, and like why they're deconstructing their faith, that gap is often the training discipleship piece. 
in, in some more liturgical churches, maybe you would call it catechism. And so there are some, maybe even religions, that have a very specific way that they catechize new, new believers in their faith or even kids. And I, I want to let you know that we actually have a pathway that we do that for our kids here. And it's a midweek Wednesday night program called Awana. And this is a program where we, we take kids through um, a different curriculum where they're learning God's word, they're memorizing scripture, they're learning about the character and the nature of God, and they're getting his word down in their heart memorized. And it's been a really amazing thing to see. We're going to have some registration spots open. Uh, we start Wednesday. So if you have a, a kid in elementary school, you can check the website for that information. But it's been a really neat thing to see that, that we had this amazing team of people that are coming in and filling in that gap, helping to teach our kids how to love and follow Jesus, how to love and follow Jesus. And it's really been, been an amazing, amazing thing. So as we're talking about spiritual disciplines, the first one I want to share with you today is about fasting. And fasting is, uh, it kind of trends on social media, like intermittent fasting, but it's more in regards to like health reasons. Today we're talking about it in spiritual reason, for spiritual reasons. So fasting is, is like a spiritual weapon that's available to you to draw closer to God, uh, to focus in on him. It prepares you to connect and engage with God more. It's like the whole world around you is loud, and, and everything is pulling at you for your attention. Fasting is a, a specific time where you are turning those things off so that you can focus on and listen to God. And so here are just a couple of ways. I have three things that will help you get the most out of your fast. And number one is to have a reason to fast. So we invite you into fasting, but we've been encouraging you to, like, you ask God why and what he would have you fast for. It might be a breakthrough in a job. It might be for physical healing. It might be for guidance or direction. It could be a number of things, but know why you are fasting. There's this really neat verse in 2 Samuel 12, 16, where David's son was dying, and he was, he was anguishing over the death of his son. And he says, it says this in verse 16. It says, David therefore sought God on behalf of the child. And David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground. So what is it you are really seeking God for? Let that be the thing that you are fasting for. Let that be your reason for fasting. And number two, choose what you are fasting from. We live in a world that is full of pleasure things, things that can just feed our flesh. It's not too hard to find things to fast from. So eliminate where there's waste, where there's distraction, maybe where there's misplaced priorities. Anything that is feeding your flesh more than your spirit are great things to fast from. Because what we feed strengthens, what we feed grows, what we starve dies. We want the spirit side of our lives to grow and the flesh side to die. Look at this verse in Galatians 5, 16. Usually we kind of read the beginning part and the end part. I'm going to leave in the middle for you this morning. Are you ready? It says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Let me just talk about the flesh for, the moment, for a moment. The flesh is our, our body, right? And, and God has a purpose for our body. It's not that our body never gets to enjoy the pleasures of life that God has for us. Those things are, are actually gifts from God for us, but we are not to be ruled by them. They're to have their proper place in our lives. We're to be ruled by God's spirit in our lives. 
So verse 17, it says, For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other. You keep from doing the things you want to do, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. This is usually the part where like, let's just skip to the end part. It sounds nicer, but I'm leaving it in for us today. And maybe you can just do some introspection and like, well, these things sound so awful. They're not evident in my life. Just wait. Let's think about it. They're evident. It's sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and these things alike. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is, and this is where we jump in, we're like, yes, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So the goal in fasting, and then the last verse, it says, if we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So the goal of fasting is to crucify these parts of our flesh that are out of alignment with the spirit. They're taking, they're taking charge. They're in the driver's seat. We're led by those things. And fasting is really a time for us to see maybe just how much we're led by uh, numbing mechanisms in our life. Maybe it's we go to sweets. Maybe we go to snacks. Maybe we go to scrolling on our phones. Maybe we go to shopping. Maybe we go to drinking or smoking or gossiping. There could be a variety of things that our flesh goes to to fill something that only God can fill in us. And I'm going to try the headset again because I need my hands today. Am I on? Do I have a mic? Do I have a mic? Nope. I'm going to try it anyway. I'm going to try it with one hand. If things go crazy, I'll get help. Actually, Miles, can you come help me? I just need I just need an assistant. <laughs> Smiles for Miles, everybody. I had to bring a demonstration because I realize I'm from a certain generation these days. So when we talk about tuning in and we do the dial thing, some of you know what I'm talking about. And some of you are like, I do not know what this little thing is and what she's talking about. So actually, I brought a demonstration for you today. So fasting helps us tune in to God's voice in our lives. We live in a, a world where there are so many things shouting at us. And we, we, have, we have two records in the Bible as to the volume at which God speaks, and it's never shouting. It's never yelling. We have uh, God's word tells us there's a time where God whispers, and then God speaks. We never have record of God yelling. Here's what I have seen just from walking with Jesus throughout my life is that he has never once yelled at me. He has never competed with the other voices I allow into my life. He has never competed for my attention with other things that I allow into my life. There are some things that are my responsibility to do, and it's to tune into the voice of God and for me to manage the fleshly desires and the distractions in my life. So let me share with you this. Got this nice little radio I borrowed from my husband's tool table. Okay. Miles, the other thing you're doing up here, if it gets on something that's like not church appropriate, shut it, shut it down. Shut it down real hard. I tried to get it close to a Christian radio station so we could have the best bet. Let me kind of turn around so y'all can hear it. Okay, so 
if God's voice is coming through one of these channels, my job is to tune into his channel. I'm trying to get on God's frequency. I'm not asking God to shout into my frequency. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get where God is. So I'm trying to tune into where he is. I'm trying to find the right channel. Everybody with me? But this is often what we look like. Just hold it like that. We look like this. These are noise-canceling headphones. God, I'm just not hearing you, and I don't understand why. I can't. Is that it? It might be a good bot, but I don't know if it's God. And I don't speak Spanish, so Spanish friends, if it's not good, tell me. I don't need no profaneness up here. But I can't really tell. And then it's like we add more distractions. And for you, maybe this is social media. Maybe it's the voice of people in your life. Maybe it's TV shows. Maybe it's the internet. Maybe it's news channels. Maybe it's politics. Uh, who knows what it is? And then what are your hands tied up in? What are, what are we doing? Are we opening God's word with our hands? Are our hands available for God's service? Are we meddling in business that's not ours? I can't hear myself for y'all really, so I'm just feeling real free up here. Because there's your business, there's God's business, and other people's business. You're only really supposed to be a part of one of those. That's not even God's business. That's his. What are your hands doing? What are they looking at? Are they spending too much time scrolling? Are they spending too much time online? What are, what are your hands tied up in? So I'm over here trying to, like, find the right. It's a little challenging. And then sometimes... I'm risking eye makeup for this today. And then sometimes we're just straight up flying blind. I really don't want to mess up my eye makeup. <laughs> so for all intents and purposes, we're just like, God, speak to me. I don't know why I can't hear you. I'm trying. Everybody else has a better spiritual life than me. Is that it? That's it. God, what are you saying to me? That I should put my kids in 12 sports and buy an RV and travel the world? Maybe. That sounds like God. And then fasting comes. And fasting's like, maybe you're a little distracted. You should take this thing off your life. You're like, oh, I can see. That was Tejano. That was a real bot, but I don't think it was God. I can see better now. I was even, I was hitting the wrong button. I'm on AM. Now that I can see, silly me, I can go to an FM station and find something in my own language. <laughs> if you're not a Spanish-only speaker. And then it's like, well, this is getting really difficult. There's just, there are other distractions in my life. I just, I spend my time doing other things. Let's free those things of my life. I'm going to spend some time and focus in on God. And then little by little, oh, it's getting hot in these headphones. Thank you, Miles.
Little by little, we are getting rid of the distractions in our lives so we can truly, now, now we're on the same page, right? So we can truly dial in and hear God because when our hands are available for him, when our eyes are available for him, when our ears are available to him, and we're shedding these distractions, then it doesn't have to be that loud. And I can know. I'm spending time in God's word, and I'm like, well, that seems like God's nature. And, and I'm spending time with God's people in community, and, I, and that resonates with what they're saying also. And I'm spending time in prayer, and this is just maybe the the impression God's given me on my heart, we are dialing in, we are tuning in to hear the voice of God in our lives. So when we read the scripture that says the the road is wide, the path is wide and it's easy, but it leads to destruction. And then there's this other path and it's hard and few take it, but it leads to life. It's life to have God's voice speaking to you. It's life to hear his voice. It's life to get rid of these things that are inhibiting you from hearing God's voice in your life. Because when you have God's voice in your life, you know what job to take. You know how to educate your children if they should be in this school or that school or homeschool. You have God's direction in your life. If you're single and you are trying to mingle, you're going to have God's voice that says, look at these red flags here. This isn't something you want to mess with. Go a different direction. It might look good on the outside, but on the inside, it's not. We get the gift of life when we have God's voice where we can hear it and we can tune into his frequency, and it's a very specific one, but we're not going to be able to fully be in a relationship with God and to hear his voice if we are so full of distractions in our life. And so when it says that the road is narrow and it's actually, it's hard, but it's a gift because now I know where the distractions are. I know where the misplaced priorities are. I know where things have actually become an idol in my life and I can get rid of those things. I can rid those things of my life. I want you to hear what one TPC member has said about fasting. It says, God has been doing amazing things for us. I gave up social media for 21 days. On Saturday, God gave me plenty gently gave me the freedom to eliminate social media completely and to walk away from an online community I've been a part of for 12 years. It's not bad, it's just not real life. When the fast is over, I'll get back on Facebook and nuke it. And then the other community has an event ending February 4th, and that will be my last time on there. God is freeing up my time to live my real life rather than pretend to live online. The freedom prayer time was incredible for me and broke loose things in my life in an amazing way. I'm so excited for it to come to TPC. Side note, he's talking about a specific prayer ministry that we're excited to share with you guys in the very near future. He says, God's going to use it to bring down heaven on earth along with the rest of what the church is doing. The quarter is not going to know what hit it. So is it hard to walk away from things like that? Yeah. But it, it, it brings life. It brings life. So these disciplines, they are truly a gift to us. And I don't know about you, but day 12 is where it's like like the new shininess of it kind of wears off. And the end seems so far. And then they put on the post, they're like, you're halfway there. And you're like, all right, halfway. halfway. But we still have a week. And then you can extend it if you would like to. If, you, if you're a little bit late coming around to it. You can still join us. We would invite you to do it today. There are many of these kinds of things that are enough of a distraction that you can fast from these things and begin to tune into God. And when you're eliminating these things from your life, you're not filling it with other stuff. You're filling it with prayer. You're filling it with your, maybe the prayer community on the church center app. 
Maybe it's worship music instead of all this other music and stuff. We're filling our brains with expecting God to speak through all of that. He's not going to. But you can eliminate that from your life and tune in to the voice that God is, to God's voice in your life. Fasting. 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 And the second, the second discipline, so the first one is fasting. The second one is meditation. And usually for us, when we talk about meditation, this is what we picture. Please tell me I'm not the only one. This is what I picture. I picture Rafiki. I picture Rafiki. When we think of meditation, we're like, oh, that's new age stuff. It's not, that's not it. Or it's Rafiki. It's weird. It's whatever. I just want to demystify meditation for a little bit. Because for a lot of us, we want to follow God more wholeheartedly. But there's something that is holding us back. And I really do believe that that missing piece is meditation. Meditation bridges knowing God's word and doing God's word. When we think about God's word and we're meditating on it, it's that moment of choosing. We know what God's word says. It's hard to do it. Meditating on it helps to bridge that peace. And so it's, it's a time where we get the right information from God's word about who he is and what he does. Because a lot of us, uh, we've probably all made a mistake because we just didn't have the right information. And we find the right information, like, well, if I had known that before, I could have done it right before, but I didn't know. And the truth is a lot of us respond to God based on wrong information. And we believe the information that we have based on our own emotions, based on our own reasoning, whatever we think we take to be true. So if we think God is cool with us, then God is cool with us. You may be living in sin. He might not be cool with your sin. He might be cool with you as a person and calling you into salvation and things, but he might not actually be cool with the things that are going on in your life. But if we think he is, then he is. But if we think God is really angry with us and God wants to smite us, then we think God wants to smite us. If we think that there's no way God could ever love us because we messed up so bad, then that's what we think. Whatever we think to be true about God based on our own emotions and reasoning becomes our truth. But we don't create our own truth. We need something more stable than our fluctuating emotions, and that's going to come from God's word. So when we meditate on God's word, that is an anchor that we come back to that stabilizes us. When the world calls us with all these distractions, wanting us to drift, we are anchored to the truth of God's word. And we get there by meditating. So here's the actual term of meditation. It's not Rafiki. Meditation means this. It it is meditating on God's word is sitting with the Bible and allowing God to transform you through his word. Letting God transform you through his word. Joshua 1.8 says this. It says, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do, do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So there, God tells Joshua in the scripture, he says, study the word, know the word. Meditate on the word and then obey it and live it out. That part that is bridged between the obeying and the living out is actually meditation. So two ways for you today to start meditating. Just two ways to help you start meditating. You can, you can do these things today. In fact, we're going to have an opportunity in just a second. Number one is to slow down and ask questions. As you're reading God's word, slow down and ask questions and consider what what. What may God be saying to you? 
What is he calling you to know? What is he calling you to do? So slow down and ask questions. I actually have a confession for you today. It's that I'm a slow reader. I'm, I'm very slow when it comes to reading. I hate reading things with Landon because he's so much faster than me. I am a slow reader. The thought of reading the Bible in a year, it, like, it causes me grief. Because especially when it comes to reading God's word, I'm slow, I'm methodical, I'm analytical. I like to know everything about what I'm reading. I, I chase down word studies and history. I, it, I'm very slow with it. I could actually read a very small piece of scripture, the same scripture every day for a long time. And I can meditate on that. And I just like to mull it over and I'm thinking about it. And I think that's okay too. It can be helpful because here's what we know. Hebrews 4.12 tells us that the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. So when we meditate on God's word, that's what his word is doing in our lives. So we may think a relationship is good and healthy and honoring to God, and then we find some scripture and we're meditating on it, and it's just cutting through all of those things in our heart, showing us the truth of who God is. So sit with it. Slow down and ask questions. What is God wanting you to do? How is he calling you to respond in action and obedience to the word that he's given you? And then the second thing is to internalize it. Internalize God's word. That means that you can, you can find a verse, you can memorize it, you can write it down, you can share it with somebody else, and you can come back to it, maybe you're journaling it, and you can remind yourself of how God spoke to you through that verse and what he was calling you to do, that obedience step. So I've realized that through meditating on God's word that he's always speaking to me through his word, that he's always guiding me, that he's always leading me. Because being a Christian and following Jesus is more than saying, hey, I'm a Christian. It's that choosing to obey. It's that choosing to walk it out. Being a disciple of Jesus is somebody who hears the voice of God, this part, the tuning in. It's hearing his voice, and then it's living it out. It's hearing the voice of God and doing what he says. And meditating helps you go from the hearing it to the doing it. Meditating on God's word. So you have a piece of paper on your seat. And if you need a pen, you can raise your hand. We've got team members who are uh, ready to hand out some pens. We're going to close with some practice. Because how many of you know there's a difference in theory and then practice? We can talk about these things, but we're going to put them into action. So I have a few closer questions for you today. And these should be on your sheet. So look at the first part that says the Purpose Church at the top of it. Here's a question for you. And really, we, we end every service with what we call response time. If you're new here, I will let you know. At the end of every service, we have prayer available and we have communion available. I would encourage you that you take, I would encourage you to respond in these ways every single Sunday. I wouldn't let a Sunday go by that you don't take communion and that you don't come up for prayer. Imagine if in, in our prayer lives, We've noticed through fasting uh, what these distractions in our life have been, things that have kept us from hearing, seeing, and following Jesus. Those are actually things that we need to repent for. Those are things that we need to confess. There's sin in our life that we need to get rid of that are distracting us and keeping us from following Jesus. We need to confess and repent from those things. So when we have response time, you can come up and you can, you can confess those things and repent with a prayer partner. You don't have to get 
nitty gritty and deep with it. You can, you can just let them know in general what it is that you're repenting for and they will pray with you. If it's salvation, if there's something you need to confess, but I would encourage you to use this response time that we're about to begin every single Sunday. So I've got some questions for you, some closer, closer questions. The first one is, as you've been fasting, what have you been made aware of as to what has been a distraction from you tuning in to hearing God's voice in your life? And then if you haven't been fasting, there's a question underneath. What if you started today and committed to it for the next seven days? So I'm taking off headphones, I'm taking off mittens, I'm taking off eye covers, eye masks. For you, as you've been fasting, what have been those distractions in your life that have kept you from tuning in to hear God's voice in your life? I'm going to give you a moment to answer that. back, I have some meditation questions. And I shared a verse with you at the top of the page. And honestly, it's, it's the first part that is very eye-catching. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And that's a, a place where we generally stop. And this is actually the verse that I've been meditating on for about two weeks. And so I, I just wanted to bring you into my own personal meditation on this scripture. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And then, but the verse continues. It says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you, you double-minded. So I have some space here for you to answer what in the scripture is standing out to you. Like if you just look at the scripture and you're meditating on it, what is standing out to you in the scripture? And then the second question on this side, it says, what might God be saying to you? What might God be saying to you? So if, if we're to read God's word and we're gonna meditate and we're gonna slow down and we're gonna ask questions, we're gonna consider what is God saying to us through it, we have a time to respond. And one of my favorite ways to journal in response to this is to put my name there. And I, I write Kelly, comma. I want you to know that. And then I just start writing. You might not know where to start, I would encourage you to write something. I'm going to give you a little bit of time to answer that. So you write your name in number two. Write your name, comma. I filled it in there. I want you to know that. And then just begin to share what comes to mind. You just write it down.
when you're ready, you can go to the last question. And based on what you may feel that God is showing you in this verse, as you meditate on it and you think about it, and if I had more time, I'd give us more time. I could, I could stay in this for a while. I could have just started with this and we could spend the whole time doing this. But can you come up with an I will statement from what you wrote down before? It's that action step. So based on what God wants you to know about him, about his word, about his relationship with you, can you dial that in, dial that down to an I will statement? I will repent for the distractions in my life. I will confess. I will, I will pray with a prayer partner. I will fast this week. I will, I will what? What is something that you can do tomorrow morning? Maybe even in response time here in a minute. So maybe for a response time today, you can finish writing. Our prayer team, you guys can go ahead and come on down, get ready for prayer. Our communion team, the man is going to lead us in a time of worship. When you're done, you can stand and worship. Come down and respond in prayer. If you want, maybe your first step is to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Come down and pray with somebody and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give my life to Jesus. Maybe you're going to finish writing. If there's a confession part, if there's a repentance part, our prayer team is down here for you in that. So I'm going to lead us in a time of prayer. And then when you're done writing, you can stand, worship, and respond. But you can take your time and finish filling that in. Lord, we thank you for your voice in our lives. God, we thank you for the gift of fasting. God, we thank you for the gift of, of the narrow road. God, thank you that even though it's narrow and if you take it, you show us the way. God, you say, this is the way to go. This is how you're going to be closer to me is, is you're going to fast and you're going to pray and you're going to read my word and you're going to meditate. God, thank you for providing the pathway for us to be closer to you. And, and even though it's hard, God, we want to take that road. God, we're saying, yes, I want to take that road. Yes, I want to fast. Yes, I want a life that is full of prayer. And yes, I want to read your word and meditate on it and think about it and commit to doing the thing that you have called me to do. So God, whatever you have spoken to each person today, God, however they have dialed in and tuned in and, and sought your voice this morning, whatever you've spoken to them, God, would you give them the courage and the strength to say yes to whatever that step is, whatever that I will statement is. I will, I will live a life of repentance. I will fast once a month, I will, I will commit to God in prayer. I'm going to confess and pray with a prayer partner. I'm going to repent for these things in my life. And I'm not going to introduce them back in even after the fast. God, you're calling us to a different life of consecration and holiness. God, you're calling us to be set apart, to live differently, to take the narrow road. And God, we may feel sometimes like we're the only one, but God, I, I pray that we will know that we have a family, we have an army, we have a band of brothers and sisters who are walking with us, who can encourage us in the gift of community that you've given us. So God, I repent. If this is for you, you, you can stand and join me in prayer. And like, let's just take a moment and confess, God. God, I confess and I repent for the distractions I have allowed into my life. And I thank you for the gift of fasting that, that highlights to me what that is 
and the degree to which it has been a distraction from me hearing your precious, priceless, beautiful, life-giving voice in my life. And God, as Christ followers today, we say, God, you've shown us the way and I'm gonna walk in it. And Lord, I pray in this moment that you continue to speak to us and that we step out with faith and courage and we walk in the way that you have for us. God, thank you for the pathways of spiritual disciplines. Lord, we love you and we honor you. We surrender our lives to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Church Podcast. If God used this message to impact your life, tell us your story by emailing thepurposechurch.com. Be sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at thepurposechurch.com to get connected and receive all the latest information.